file fifty four of a treatise of human nature by david hume volume two this librivox recording is in the public domain recording by george jaeger book three of morals part three of the other virtues and vices section six conclusion of this book thus upon the whole i am hopeful that nothing is wanting to an accurate proof of the system of ethics we are certain that sympathy is a very powerful principle in human nature we are also certain that it has a great influence on our sense of beauty when we regard external objects as well as when we judge of morals we find that it has force sufficient to give us the strongest sentiments of approbation when it operates alone without the concurrence of any other principle as in the cases of justice allegiance chastity and good manners we may observe that all the circumstances requisite for its operation are found in most of the virtues which have for the most part a tendency to the good of society or to that of the person possessed of them if we compare all these circumstances we shall not doubt that sympathy is the chief source of moral distinctions especially when we reflect that no objection can be raised against this hypothesis in one case which will not extend to all cases justice is certainly approved of for no other reason than because it has a tendency to the public good and the public good is indifferent to us except so far as sympathy interests us in it we may presume the like with regard to all the other virtues which have a like tendency to the public good they must derive all their merit from our sympathy with those who reap any advantage from them as the virtues which have a tendency to the good of the person possessed of them derive their merit from our sympathy with him most people will readily allow that the useful qualities of the mind are virtuous because of their utility this way of thinking is so natural and occurs on so many occasions that few will make any scruple of admitting it now this being once admitted the force of sympathy must necessarily be acknowledged virtue is considered as means to an end means to an end are only valued so far as the end is valued but the happiness of strangers affects us by sympathy alone to that principle therefore we are to ascribe the sentiment of approbation which arises from the survey of all those virtues that are useful to society or to the person possessed of them these form the most considerable part of morality were it proper in such a subject to bribe the reader's assent or employ anything but solid argument we are here abundantly supplied with topics to engage the affections all lovers of virtue and such we all are in speculation however we may degenerate in practice must certainly be pleased to see moral distinctions derived from so noble a source 
which gives us a just notion both of the generosity and capacity of human nature it requires but very little knowledge of human affairs to perceive that a sense of morals is a principle inherent in the soul and one of the most powerful that enters into the composition but this sense must certainly acquire new force when reflecting on itself it approves of those principles from whence it is derived and finds nothing but what is great and good in its rise and origin those who resolve the sense of morals into original instincts of the human mind may defend the cause of virtue with sufficient authority but want the advantage which those possess who account for that sense by an extensive sympathy with mankind according to their system not only virtue must be approved of but also the sense of virtue and not only that sense but also the principles from whence it is derived so that nothing is presented on any side but what is laudable and good this observation may be extended to justice and the other virtues of that kind though justice be artificial the sense of its morality is natural it is the combination of men in a system of conduct which renders any act of justice beneficial to society but when once it has that tendency we naturally approve of it and if we did not so it is impossible any combination or convention could ever produce that sentiment most of the inventions of men are subject to change they depend upon humour and caprice they have a vogue for a time and then sink into oblivion it may perhaps be apprehended that if justice were allowed to be a human invention it must be placed on the same footing but the cases are widely different the interest on which justice is founded is the greatest imaginable and extends to all times and places it cannot possibly be served by any other invention it is obvious and discovers itself on the very first formation of society all these causes render the rules of justice steadfast and immutable at least as immutable as human nature and if they were founded on original instincts could they have any greater stability the same system may help us to form a just notion of the happiness as well as of the dignity of virtue and may interest every principle of our nature in the embracing and cherishing of that noble quality who indeed does not feel an accession of alacrity in his pursuits of knowledge and ability of every kind when he considers that besides the advantage which immediately result from these acquisitions they also give him a new lustre in the eyes of mankind and are universally attended with esteem and approbation and who can think any advantages of fortune a sufficient compensation for the least breach of the social virtues when he considers that not only his character with regard to others 
but also his peace and inward satisfaction entirely depend upon his strict observance of them and that a mind will never be able to bear its own survey that has been wanting in its part to mankind and society but i forbear insisting on this subject such reflections require a work apart very different from the genius of the present the anatomist ought never to emulate the painter nor in his accurate dissections and portraitures of the smaller parts of the human body pretend to give his figures any graceful and engaging attitude or expression there is even something hideous or at least minute in the views of things which he presents and it is necessary the objects should be set more at a distance and be more covered up from sight to make them engaging to the eye and imagination an anatomist however is admirably fitted to give advice to a painter and it is even impracticable to excel in the latter art without the assistance of the former we must have an exact knowledge of the parts their situation and connection before we can design with any elegance or correctness and thus the most abstract speculations concerning human nature however cold and unentertaining become subservient to practical morality and may render this latter science more correct in its precepts and more persuasive in its exhortations readers note while this section is titled conclusion of this book the librivox reading conclusion is actually the appendix which follows this section end of file fifty four